Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey guys, before this show starts, just want to let you know that over on Red Men Plus, our subscription service, we've got tons and tons of Liverpool content in podcast form as well. You love podcasts, we love making podcasts. Go and check it all out. That's redmenplus.com. Sign up for as little as £5 a month. You will not regret it. Now, enjoy the show. Hello everyone, welcome to the Red Men TV, welcome to the Red Men TV podcast for our super crossover extraordinaire, a sort of biannual crossover, where we remember Is this every two years or every six months? Well, yeah, it can be, it can be both. Is, yeah, yeah. Is the it's point. biannual because you'll come to ours once a year as well, that's yeah. the way, it, it, so we, we are getting two a year, but yeah. they've just got to, just got to cross over. We always, we had family friends that were a bit like that, like one, once a year they come to ours from London at Easter, we go down to theirs in the summer, we'd have a great old time, you know what I mean, share some good memories, share some good times, and then... I've, I've go fought, our separate ways. Yeah, go our separate ways. <laughs> Ways and live yeah, don't know lives. each other in October. <laughs> are these people? What are these people doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Um, the bit in Shaun of the Dead where they cross over with another very similar looking sort of people in the alleyway, and it's like, yeah, little knowing nods. We see, we see each other at the match or, or whatever. It's like, yeah, good. Yeah, we were right by each other at the derby. Yeah, yeah. Like, like literally, like literally the same row in each uh, other's pockets. In each other's pockets at the derby. That was quite nice. Yeah, it was. just a shame the result didn't go the way we wanted. Absolutely. Could have done a lot of crossover. Could have yeah. crossed over all the way back across the park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think me and Rob, Rob Gutman did cross over. We were a little bit too close, to be honest with you. He had one leg in his trousers, and he had one in yours. Uh, given how close we were that, that day, like it was, it was very, 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 very busy indeed. It's been, it's been a going theme for for the ways actually this this season. Um, Big, big fan of the people uh, in, in the comments love it at the moment. Ajit here saying, this is like the Liverpool version of the Avengers. Um, it's a bit more like, I think, if you manage to cross like the Avengers and the Justice League over in, in some regards, you know. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, very, very good. Stuff. Very, very glad to have Neil Atkinson in here, of course. And if you don't, if you don't, of course, recognise him, then uh, host extraordinaire of the Anfield rap. Um, Believe it or not, we've got a few things to talk about on the. Uh, so just for the just for the purposes of the of viewers and listeners, so we decided to do this about a month ago, yeah. and I literally I remember looking at it thinking, well, it'll be a quiet one. Uh, look forward to the Derby County game, but it's at Ben schedule. You're like Derby can fire off. Yeah, it'll, be, fine, it'll be, be, be a lightish week. That'll be good. I'm away the week before. I'm away the week after. So this will this will be perfect. It'll sit in quite nicely. And then yesterday happens. I know. Well, interesting. Because- at least you weren't tweeting asking who you one o'clock was. <laughs> that was one of my favourite tweets of the entire year. I, I've exhausted all opportunities here. I've got no idea. If someone's got a one o'clock with me, will you please let me know what yeah. it is? What was it? Uh, I still don't know. So I still don't know if I let someone down or what. No one came back to me and no one chased me, but I definitely had, it was in the calendar, I definitely had something in. Uh, it just said meeting. Uh, and I, I still, it still remains a mystery. So if anyone was my one o'clock, do let me know. It might be like Fry's dog in Futurama. Just someone sat there still at a table, <laughs> forlornly waiting for you to arrive for what, for a significant moment in their life. Um, I think we've kind of um, we've got a super chat here, which kind of sells a lot of the conversation we're going to have here. Um, Sean P Casey saying, "Forget models. I want the money. I want all the money. I want it now. I want world dominance. I want all the belts." Um, 
Well, yeah, um, we're going to be having a heavy old conversation around Family Sports Group and Liverpool ownership because really what else is there? Um, there is, of course, Liverpool drawing Real Madrid. There is, of course, as mentioned, Liverpool playing Derby County in a League Cup, which could have... I was I was ready for a really interesting, fascinating chat about how bananas our team selection was going to be for Wednesday, but no, in the bin because of David Ornstein um, and his stupid investigative sports journalism having to find out things um, so yeah we're going to be doing that. there's a poll by the way that Joe's just thrown in do you want uh, morals or, or all the money feel free to vote in the poll live now in the uh, in the YouTube chat um, but yeah we will be discussing kind of the what yesterday was all about how we all experienced it what we know so far and then in part two we're going to be kind of talking about what happens next and probably tying that back into some similar experiences that we've we've shared from the last time Liverpool went through a, a change in ownership and what have you um, but yeah all that to come if you're live with us make sure you do interact with us in the live show chat and all that good stuff as well um, yeah we have a very very uh, brief message from us before we dive into all that we've got a live show coming this Sunday here's some details on that Hello to all you wonderful podcast listeners. Sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is an absolutely spellbinding show. Um, we would strongly appreciate it if you guys would consider joining us on RevMen Plus. If you like the podcast that you get for free in your podcasting app, then you can get more on RevMen Plus. Podcast, interviews, documentaries, and a whole host more as well. And if you're on Spotify, you can also subscribe straight in the Spotify app for RevMen Plus podcasts but if you want the full hit head over to redmenplus.com and join us on another magical season quality sleep is essential that's why the sleep number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature sleep number smart beds let you individualize your comfort so you sleep better together J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Yes, get involved. Uh, last chance saloon, last few days, get your tickets sorted for Sunday. Yeah, exclusive to Redman Plus subscribers. Uh, you get two free tickets if you sign up. The code will be emailed to you instantly when you join up. And then you just go to Skittle, put that in, get your tickets, and come and party with Mr. Sunday Night there. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was ready, willing, and able. I cannot wait. Yeah. I cannot wait. I'm going to be all over that bar. I mean, there's a chance Neil will still be stumbling around town at some point. But come I'm Sunday like afternoon. having a big Saturday. I'm having a very, very, 
very big Saturday. If you see me on Saturday, I mean, it's a decision. You can come and get involved or you can not, but just be aware of the fact that it's going to be a big Saturday. I just feel like I feel like all of our energies are pointed towards this game. Yeah. And it's, it's weird because it's not the last game of the season. It's not a final. It's none of the obvious hits. It's just a three o'clock at Anfield against Southampton. That's all it is. And I am very committed to 3 a.m. in town after the 3 p.m. against Southampton. Yeah. I want a three, I've got a 3 a.m. strategy. Big pop world vibes. Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Sad. Uh, right, okay, let's dive into it then. Monday, um, David Ornstein from out of nowhere, Chris, um, dropping the bomb. It was interesting to kind of follow the Redmen timeline because I was in I was in Manchester at the time for for the overlap. I've, I've had a nice spot of lunch before it all kicked off. It was dropped in Discord, then it was dropped in our Redmen family group, then it was dropped by us in, subsequently into the into the work group, and then by all accounts, it was yeah, you had an Avengers Assemble moment in the studio. Very much like we were all around the we were we were all shooting the shit around the pool table to be quite honest with you taking the piss out of something that we thought was quite amusing um, and we've been doing that for a good I don't know 40 minutes or something we kind of lost track of time uh, and then I went I went into my office and just opened up WhatsApp and then all of a sudden there was a scream of holy shit like and then within within probably a minute 30 we decided the next two hours of plan um, and everyone just dissipated and they just went their separate ways I were down with my laptop within about eight minutes of receiving the news I was live for 45 minutes and we'd plan then obviously the red men reacts for red men plus and then we'd obviously started to get guests in for 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 expert insights and stuff like that that we wanted to try and get sorted so it's always I, I you'll probably find this when those type of things happen that's when it's the most fun for me like and when everybody really just like we've all been waiting to get our teeth into something for such a long time now because we've been used to Liverpool being really good we're a little bit depressed that Liverpool are a little bit shit and some genuine news to talk about is really interesting yeah I thought I was in the slaughterhouse having a breakfast um, I'd not I'd not planned my Monday uh, particularly efficiently uh, so I had nothing to eat after we finished our show at 12 so I mooched over to the slaughterhouse um, got you know got me, me order uh, which is the the very large breakfast as you can tell from the size of me in this shirt uh, added to which uh, a pint of water a cup of tea and half a fresh orange and half a lemonade rehydrating from the night before uh, so I knew what my wants and needs were nailed that and then I'm just sort of casually on my phone and suddenly the, the, there is the Ornstein thing and all immediately uh, I think it was Hannon Craig Hannon immediately where are you I'm in the slaughterhouse. I can be back in five. <laughs> <laughs> but I had the initial. Did anyone else do the initial thing? We saw the tweet, and I, and it was like I nearly didn't click the link because I, I said this has got all the hallmarks of sex noise video written all over it. You know what I mean? This is like in the in the sort of FSG out. Um, Ferrari that we've had particularly exacerbated this season. I was very very like. I'm not sure I want to. Is this and again? Is that definitely David Ornstein's Twitter handle? It's mad that I had to. I had to question it. I checked that. Yeah, I checked the first. The first thing I was like, is that definitely Ornstein? It is Ornstein. Is this an Elon Musk thing? Have I got to think about this now? No. Okay. Sounds. We're on. There we go. It is. It is. And, and I'm reading through it on the Athletic. And you know, the thing about it is, it's. It's all in, in, in what's said and unsaid and it's you know, and it's all in what's denied and what's not denied and that's that's one of the problems with this. There's 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 a genuine sort of they're not gonna you know I think that some people on the one hand will not believe that Liverpool could well be uh, there's a possibility the whole of Liverpool is sold, or at least eighty nine percent of Liverpool is sold, depending on what Redbird's agreement is and amongst all of this. That unless John Henry turns up on the telly and goes, this is what's happening. Yeah. The flip side is there's other people who are like, well, this is just obviously going to be the end of this process and it's all going to happen in the next twenty four hours. And you're like, well, that might not be true either. And it's the vagaries of it. I think of what's difficult, and then you're back to the fact that first and foremost, both us 
and the people that we're speaking to and it's nice that people do listen we're football supporters first and foremost we're not experts in high finance we're talking here about a deal that's four billion yeah. US dollars in all likelihood in that sort of vicinity if not more for the whole thing so for 25% it becomes is it one billion US dollars but then does someone want to come in and put one billion US dollars in and not have control and interest these are quite complicated conversations for people who have who have a background in high finance <laughs> yeah. let alone people whose background is fundamentally whether or not Faberelio uh, is or isn't better <laughs> is in the pantheon of well yeah that as well but is or isn't better in the pantheon of Liverpool left backs than yeah. E.G. Stigging a Bjornaby yeah. so you're you know you're, you're finding no. yourself uh, oh come I, on man Stigging Bjornaby got a lot of assists he, he did he did but fabulous it was a wonder of a left foot uh, uh, and you I, don't get you, wonder of a right foot why don't picked, you get a wonder of a right foot you've literally picked the worst it's player a, so, sorry why don't you get a wonder of a right foot why because left footed players they're, they're rarer they're more magical I agree with you. I agree. I agree. But Trent's got a wand of a right. Can we not start using that? He's also got a wand of a left, which he showed at the weekend as well, uh, which was was sort of glossed over. Also, sticking with me was better than Fabio Aurelio. That just you picked the wrong player for this. Just, just, I'm not going to guess. I like I like hugging Leon Hudson too. Okay, he was busy. He was busy. I have no time for Daniel Agger. You're a strange cat. There's odd Norwegian outlook, but you're left sort of trying to pick the bones out of this, aren't you? And you're trying to do it quickly as well. To work it all through but the best thing to do is just have an, an honest emotional reaction to it first and foremost because that's what people have got as well and I think it's quite a complicated emotional reaction I think it's interesting when you suddenly have to engage with the reality of well what's next uh, if something is going to be next and I still think there's four possible outcomes and that you know from from what's out there they all feel about as likely as each other but you're you're left going well, what's next and, I, and and then within that you've got to try to sort of process through and then we get back to the poll do you want the morals or do you want the money yeah absolutely I think for me, for me I'm looking at I'm, I'm looking at the words that David Ornstein uses and I'm trusting David Ornstein is a great journalist who does his job properly mm-hmm. and who isn't looking for the sensationalist headlines that he's already been accused of mm. like the fact of the matter is for me already I did the video yesterday got loads of loads of people tweeting me going read the statement Chris read the statement I'm like this is what happens when a journalist approaches a company with inside knowledge of something. They have to give a statement, and they've given the most vague of all statements yeah. there, which is just to protect themselves and the value in the company that they may or may not be trying to sell. To protect the process. Yeah, yeah of course. To protect the process. So I have no doubts that Liverpool are up for sale, whether that be as a percentage or more likely for me based on absolutely fucking nothing the club is up for sale properly because I trust in the journalistic instincts and writing ability and investigative journalists that is David but it's, it, the statement's very FSG and you go all the way back to them initially coming in and being like kind of like we're just going to we're just gonna do stuff, and then we'll talk about it once it's done. You know, they were, they were. We're not gonna give you loads of promises other than the the, the top line mission statement of sustainability and you know and, and and reinvigorating the club or whatever. But in in stark contrast to what Hicks and Gillette were, which was all these really like headline Brexity Tory, you know, like you know election style. Here's the th- here's the big things we're gonna give you a shiny toy car and every kid gets a daily triangle and all that. Um, whereas this has got the whole thing of they, they, they're kind of protecting themselves with it because if they can't if they don't they can't find a suitable sale if they're going the club's definitely up for sale. I think that sets fire to everything around them at one time and it doesn't mean they're not up for sale but it is it's quite canny it, the vagaries are quite canny in how they've chosen to the, do the, it. The, I think you've got to you've got to have that within it all I, you know it looks to me as though the f- there's four possible outcomes from this point one is that they one is that they end up uh, selling the club lock stock and it goes to somebody else or to a, a conglomerate of other people the second option is nothing changes 
they have a little look, they know offers come in, and then basically there's whether or not they're looking for an investment, which basically means that they've probably tripled their original sort of ask, but still hold about 65% of the club, or the flip side, which is that they end up being minority shareholders because somebody comes in and they're going to be majority shareholders, and they themselves think, well, you know what, we've made, we've done well out of this, the rest of it's now just enjoyment money because you never know, it could go bang. Because I think the thing to remember with Fenway Sports Group is that it's all about risk and it's, all, it's a hedge fund. Yeah. And I think in this moment, there is a set of circumstances that means that Liverpool Football Club could go on to be worth twice as much as it's worth now. And there's a set of circumstances which means Liverpool Football Club could go on to be worth half as much as it's worth yeah. now. Mm-hmm. I don't think it necessarily goes much belief half as much as it's worth now. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously a time limit on, on, on the growth in the opposite direction. And I think that from Fenway's point of view, therefore, there's different forms of being able to exit now, mitigate that risk, maximise reward, and end up either with some shares or with none. A lot of this is statements of the obvious, and where this is difficult for to talk to a football audience is there'll be some people in your comments going, yeah, of course, you idiot. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. And then there'll be other people in the comments going, hang on, can you just explain that again? Yeah. Because everyone's got a different understanding of this, and it's difficult to therefore do our... And a different, desire for, and a different desire for understanding, so it's difficult to do our jobs in a couple of ways, because the one thing I don't want to do is be patronising to anyone on the one hand but the other thing you don't want to do is be boring either so you want to try and sort of accelerate this conversation into a certain space but it's difficult because you want to bring people with you and we've got to sort of bear that in mind there's some people who just don't either don't particularly want to engage with this but know that they now have to because this is the reality that's on them um where that ends up i think Fenway Sports Group themselves don't actually know yet. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's going to be the difficult thing. I think there's a lot of people who are going to say, I think what's key is they are open to all four of those eventualities that I've just described. And it's possibly the first time they're open to all four of those eventualities. Yeah. And I think that's what's changed. That's what the Ornstein piece is actually about. For the first time, Liverpool are open. Fenway Sports Group's ownership of Liverpool is open in quite a public way now to all four of these eventualities. So what happens next? Yeah. And what happens next is there's a massive vacuum and there's going to be a lot of bullshit that fills that vacuum. There really, really is, so prepare yourself for that. There's going to be a lot of nonsense that fills that vacuum. There's going to be a lot of stuff that manages to try to link something as banal as the acquisition of Jude Bellingham into that vacuum. That's going to happen as well. And that's not really all that relevant, I don't think. And I think that having a good system of working out this is relevant, this isn't relevant, is the next difficult thing the to do. The problem is, is it ultra-relevant to a lot of people and that's the problem when you know just to update us on the poll 48% of people want us to keep our models 52% want all the money and of course look it's a jokey poll done on a, on a, on a yeah. you know what we can say this is this Tuesday morning on, on, <laughs> on YouTube um, and again it, there's a lot of I mean this we had a lot of this around I know I always bring it back to Brexit, but it was it was a huge thing. I know for a fact that if I was ten years younger when the Brexit vote happened, I'd have voted for Brexit only to watch the world burn because it was fascinating. Same reason I voted Lib Dem because I just want I I I, <laughs> I, I, I just suck it into the rhetoric of let's just do something different and let's see what this kind of looks like without realizing oh you might have to live in that world and what and and, and ramifications. So there'll be a lot of people there, and I'm seeing there's a guy here saying. Um, Basically, along the lines of, I mean, if I can find the actual comments, but it's basically, I've had enough of, 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 of models and blah, blah, blah. I just wanted to get all the money in and go toe-to-toe with City. And my biggest problem with this is that, are you still? Is it still Liverpool? You know, at that point, if if, if it gets sold to a different type, to a certain type of ownership group, and I don't want to get lost lost into that. It can that they can be from anywhere in the world. By the way, I just mean anyone who just totally and utterly is at the the exact opposite end of the spectrum to the models that we kind of try and hold hold on to. Um that is it still Liverpool they wear they'll wear the kit and they'll have the badge. But is it this in it and it's a bit like it's a bit like people who, who go to war over Xbox and PlayStation. 
and it's like the basic, they're the fucking same thing. Honestly, if you like, go and put a game side by side. If you can tell me the difference between a game and how it runs on a PlayStation compared to an Xbox, this is not Amiga versus Atari in the fucking eighties and the nineties where there was a significant difference between things. Everything's basically the same now. They just slap a different badge on it, and you you watch the same thing, the same thing. That's my biggest problem with all of this, and I think there's a ton of people out there, Chris, who. That's how they consume football. That's how they want football yeah, it to is. be. I, I want to take it back to to before Ownstein's article, and because I think there's, you know, I think Neil's quite right. He's saying something's changed. Well, the something is that Liverpool are up for sale. Uh, you know, the four possibilities that you spoke about. Well, let's take it back to the reasons of why and, and why you can you put yourself into FSG sort of heads at the moment, and, and let's think about what's happening in the world. You know, there's a potential ten-year financial crisis yep. coming into play. Um, you have a lot of uncertainty. I'm going to take it back even further. The mistakes that FSG have made, I think, have been mainly around the European Super League. Um, obviously, we'll mention Liverpool and all that as mistakes, but the European Super League, I think, massively affected their outlook for Liverpool Football Club from a financial point of view. Mm. And I also think the the way that FFP has been applied over the last few years, when we know that you know FSG really wanted FFP to be applied properly. So, well, hang on a minute. We can compete with them in a financial fair play world where it is absolutely 100% done properly. Can we compete with Newcastle United upcoming? Can we compete with the Manchester Cities? Can we compete with PSG over the next 10 to 15 years without Jürgen Klopp? Because at some point he is going to go. Without the likes of a Michael Edwards, do we have that trust in the process that actually is one league title in 10 years going to be enough? Manchester City, the way things are going now, look like they're going to win 8 of 10. Yeah. Uh, that's just that's for me is a simple fact. Yeah. They've won four or five for a start. Mm. They're probably going to win eight of ten unless Newcastle step things up massively when they break into the European football and they start to actually win those trophies as well. It could be very very difficult. So is now the perfect point when Liverpool are at the closest to Manchester City in terms of commercial revenues, in terms of the team on the pitch and everything else. Is this all feeding into this decision? Have, F- have FSG realised that to compete with the likes of Manchester City, PSG, Newcastle United, all these? types of clubs, they actually might not have the money and the formula to compete over 10 to 15 years time and that is maybe why it's a good time to sell I wonder whether, and again City's accounts coming out on the same day could just be purely pure coincidence or whether there's a thing ahead of that but the whole or they really didn't fancy Real Madrid in the Champions League <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's one of the two yeah, that's enough of them pricks went off um, but you know that it was uh, Carragher made a bit of a jokey point about it and I think a few of us have made this kind of joke in a, in a, in a day that saw City announce that they'd you know, outstripped Man United in commercial revenues and done you know, the biggest commercial revenues and the biggest jump that anyone's seen in a year and all this kind of stuff whether whether that's something that's informed conversation, FSG have gone. Well, what the fuck are you meant to do? Because we're not prepared to to go down that route. That's a that's a there's another whole set of people you have to have on your books if you want to be able to make that kind of thing happen. And we all know what I'm talking about without having to you know be on the nose with it. You know, people. There's a great thing about from Sport and Intel where you know like the person who was the it was, it was the one and was one of the founders of the betting partnership, and their their LinkedIn profile picture is also used for some like random cam girl sites, yep. and it's all over the internet because it's not a real person. Anyway, um, but it does make you think, doesn't it? Of that's whether they've been impacted by that on the day, probably not. 
but there's no way that's not in your thinking of they're the rules of the game and we have a problem with this I think is like there's fucking lefties of like when you see how the right approach things and it's because there's a lot of sociopathy that goes into that and they're going we're just playing the rules of the game here the rules have, have changed you might not like the rules but if you don't engage with the rules then you're not going to win I think they feel as though the rules haven't been enforced and I think that that's and I think they've felt that for a while and I think they've been feeling that since almost since about 2012 to be honest with you with different ways different things that have come out at different times so I think that does play a part I think if that is one of the things they're looking at now just thinking well that's a direction of travel that not even that we can't live with that we don't want to live with uh, that we you know it's not for us and you know we might want to distance ourselves from that we don't need to be in that world let's remember all of this is a choice you know they're not obliged to do anything uh, now they do own the football club and there's obligations that come around that but the idea of you know if they can if they choose to extricate themselves from that because they think well this is now a rigged game because that's the question the question is is this now a rigged game and I think it is a rigged game and I think in different ways it's always been a rigged game let's be clear about that and there's been times where the game's been rigged in our favour let's be clear about that as well yeah. But I think it is a rigged game. Simultaneously, that doesn't mean you can't play it. It doesn't mean you can't win at it as well. You know, I take your point about City and eight, eight out of ten titles, but it is sort of worth pointing out that no one knows what it looks like when Guardiola goes. True. It's also worth pointing out that Guardiola's contract's still up next summer and he's not signed a new one. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's ins and outs around that. The Newcastle thing, yep, no shadow of a doubt. But then, realistically, away it's a rigged game. Is it looks as though UEFA are going to start having five Champions League places for English sides? That's on its way as well. I think, in amongst all the the stuff that they've got right or wrong, if you almost park that for a minute in a and amongst a lot of the stuff where they've got it wrong, so Project Big Picture and the European Super League. Project Big Picture, Big Picture by the way, I don't think the idea of changing the structure of English football is wrong. I think that the way in which they were going about it and what happened to them and the fact that they weren't able and chose not to go out and argue for it is an issue yeah. but and also the fact that they haven't backed the Crouch review I think is wrong and I think it's actually counterproductive to Liverpool's wants and needs because what the Crouch review will give will be the opportunity to have a, a regulator backed by a state if you want to build, if you want to beat state run clubs a regulator backed by a state able to go in and look at finances and look at deals in real time and say are you messing with yeah. this are you messing with this and whether or not that'd work is up in the air but it's literally the only game in town yeah. and Liverpool have chosen not to and Liverpool run by Fenway Sports group have chosen not to back it publicly and it was always when the manager was talking the other week the follow-up question that wasn't asked that should have been asked was so did you back the crouch review at which point I don't know what he would have said but it would have been difficult for him because the club haven't and they've chosen not to do that and let's be crystal clear and that is the only way to stop it being as much of a rigged game but what's in Project Big Picture and what's in the European Super League and why Redbird are in and what's still there for Fenway Sports Group or for anyone else especially where Liverpool's concerned is owning your own media rights yeah. And that is a game changer. So this is back to my four four options. And I think one of the things that Project Big Picture had in writing, the European Super League had in writing, was the idea that clubs could screen their own games. Yeah. Not all of them. It wasn't the idea of getting rid of Sky. But if we imagine the turnover of LFC TV in a universe where LFC TV can screen eight games exclusively live a season yeah. to where the turnover of LFC TV is now, it is night and day. Yeah. And that is the thing that puts you back competitive with Manchester City yeah. in a way that they, they don't have that option. It's a rigged game, everyone will say. It's a rigged game. It's now the elite clubs trying to protect their own, etc., etc. And that's something that would... And I think that that has been 
as I say, it's in the, it was in the small print of both of those proposals. But I think Liverpool were part of those proposals, and I think it's Liverpool's small print. That's what Liverpool wants. Yeah. You know, we are now arguably, and FSG would argue, the most watched club in the world. Mm-hmm. Where the argument is that we are one of, if not the best, supported club in the world. We're one of the big five: us, United, Bayern, Real, and Barcelona mm-hmm. at the very least. And what I think Fenway Sports Group have wanted to do, what Redbird have wanted to do, is leverage that into how do we turn that into cold hard cash and what's difficult with the collective bargaining agreement and what's difficult with the Saturday 3pm blackout and what's difficult with the way in which a lot of this stuff's already structured is that you, I think if you want to say the Super League or Project Big Picture or whatever has knocked them back I think it's knocked them back from what they want in terms of the media rights yeah. so this is a media rights conversation I think and I think that as I say that's why I say there's a universe where in five years time this club's worth twice as much as it's worth now there's a universe where in five years time which is your argument around your Newcastle that there could be back, you know, could be backward steps what happens when Klopp goes it's worth half as much as it's worth now and that's why this is a really interesting moment if you want to have a conversation about being a hedge fund and dealing in risk Yeah. It, again the things that we're not privy to is just Again, it's it's what's their what are they looking at? Because I've often said when people talk about them, how they how they invest and how they've run Liverpool, it's that we forget sometimes that it's just part of a portfolio and the game of hedge funds is just to grow the value of your portfolio. Well, it's actually not so much it's all well and good getting four billion dollars, but then you've you've yes, you've got four billion in cash, but that doesn't grow that's that and you might just want it. I've, I know, you know, in small sites I've seen this happen with small family groups where it's great having a bunch of properties, but sometimes you just want a bit of dough to spend on stuff for, for your life. That, I think that that's a really important point because the next thing that we do is we act as though first they are the Fenway Sports Group or John Henry is this homogenous thing. Now, Henry owns a controlling share in Fenway Sports Group, but he's got a lot of other people who own yeah. shares in Fenway Sports Group, some of whom might be completely committed to the Liverpool project, some of whom might be saying, can we get the cash out now yeah. and either put it back into a couple of American sports because we've said that that's our target and we're not very cash rich at the minute. There's an upcoming global crisis that you're talking about. There's, you know, there's the idea of we want to move in this direction, but we act as though Fenway Sports Group thinks and exists with one voice, yeah. whereas the reality is John Henry probably has a lot of phone calls from different people who were saying, can we do a bit of this? Can we do a bit of this? Can we do a bit of this? And I think that that's an important point as well, not to act as though there is this sort of homogenous thing. It has to act like a homogenous thing, but it doesn't mean it's day-to-day. And it's also, sorry, why, why Liverpool, why we forget sometimes that Liverpool is it's almost, it's its own separate business, you know, and, and so that, why the Super League comes out most people at Liverpool aren't aware that it's happening because these guys don't. They just think of Liverpool as being. It's like how you don't inform your kids yeah. about what you're going to be, what your what your summer holiday plans are going to be. You just turn around and tell them where where they're going, and that's one thing that gets that gets lost in it. Sometimes. I think the other thing is as well, like going back onto the risk management and making money. That's what FSG are there to do. Yeah, they're supposed to make money. That's what their company does. It just happens to own ours yeah. in the football club. Now there's a sorry just to clarify that neither Redmen nor the Anfield rap. Oh just, wow, yeah, because there might no, be a few no, no, people no, no, who yeah, think yeah, that's what's being not. said there. Um, <laughs> I will definitely do that on podcast. But you think, by the way. you think that Don't we are for sale via Goldman Sachs? <laughs> <laughs> Coincidentally, <laughs> complete coincidence. There's an NFL franchise up for sale right now. It's the Washington Commanders. Used to be the Washington Redskins. Changed the name. It's going to go for about four billion US dollars or something. But that league 
has one idea, and that idea is to make money for all of the owners of all of the of all of the clubs that play in it. Football doesn't work like that. Football isn't a money making machine. In fact, it's a, a fucking hole for money. It will suck money out of the the owners, and it, and it will never really give massive returns on investments. Whereas the NFL franchise are completely made the opposite way. Everything is about a collective bargain agreement that gets one thing: the owners richer. And that and it's not very often that NFL franchises come up for sale. Now I'm not saying that FSG are going to buy the Washington Commanders but with 4 billion quid you could buy a business that's probably going to make you more money than Liverpool Football Club Yeah, and, and possibly be less stress Yes, as well to throw that bit in I, I mean think... you might just want a private Twitter account for Linda that might be the entire reason <laughs> that you actually are, I, no, I can't deal with it anymore John yeah. no, I, I, think, I think all of that it is that is you know, a key part of this, and that's a key part of sort of thinking about where this decision or what frames this decision and decisions like this one and where they come from. And I think that it's an important sort of bit. And as I say, this is why uh, the bit I think is less significant, although there is also here, there's an emotional sort of push and pull. Like there's a lot of chat about and Liverpool need this rebuild, etc., etc. I don't think that's coming into it to a huge degree. I think there might be an element in there where there's there'll be a, a, f- a feeling around where well, we, we, we went there and we did what we said we'd do which is well, we won the first title in 30 years and we did this and we did this and we've we've currently got a huge sort of positive they they will feel they've got a whether the people who watch this agree or disagree they will feel that they've got a huge positive sort of column here of mm-hmm. this is what we've achieved what we've done there we've improved the stadium we've improved the infrastructure we've improved the sporting side we've improved the off the pitch sporting side we've got this list we've ticked the boxes and there's the silverware to prove it and it may well be that it's possible that they're thinking well we've got no real emotional attach- attachment what to this is there? we nailed that and I think that that's possible and I think that you've got to acknowledge that that's, that, could, that could be in there as well as part of the framing of this decision but I think on all of it though I think the key thing that happens is genuinely what happens when they go to market because it may well be that they get an offer that they like and it, it will come down to, to literally the figure uh, I don't think I think that the people who, who, who wonder if Fenway Sports Group will be worried about their Liverpool legacy are as full of shit as the people who worry about whether or not they're going to get Jude Bellingham as a leaving present like it's two sides of the same coin at this point the job of Fenway Sports Group if they are leaving Liverpool is to maximise the return on investments for the people who've invested in Fenway Sports Group that's it that's the job nothing else yeah. they haven't got to worry about a Liverpool legacy they, you know it's not like John Henry needs to worry about coming round to ours for tea yeah. and whether or not he's going to get a warm welcome yeah, does yeah. not care has barely set foot in the city anyway yeah. full stop you know in terms of the length of time he's been here you know he's not he's not worried about what they're going to think of him in Pogues they've been the Beatles story yeah. you know yeah, what yeah, I mean yeah, they've, yeah. they've done Matthew Street they're not yeah. going to come back for a holiday yeah. so who gives, a sh- who gives a shit what you do to the, to yeah. the city so, so it's, we've the got mo- a- it's the monorail episode of the it, it is. It's now, it's now time to clear out. If, yeah. if they've decided it's time to clear out, but I'll say again, it might be that they, they go through. They don't like the terms that they're offered in a number of different ways. They don't like the terms of a partial investment. They might not. I think the idea of who it is matters more. If it's going to be someone who comes in either as a minority shareholder or a majority yeah. shareholder, I think if it's in full, it's different. Yeah. But I think it, you know, it's like we've got to work with these people. Well, you not sure. It's the kind of put you right. Is that it, it's again when you go back to the value of the portfolio. If they can do a deal, that means that they. Get to it, it maintain the, their value of the portfolio. So yeah, they sell a chunk, but in a short term, two to three years, that helps grow Liverpool. Liverpool can maintain their place at the top. The revenues keep going up, blah blah blah. And then, so eventually, yeah, it sticks at a four billion valuation in there. Then they, they, they probably would just stick around with that. Or if someone takes them on to more, and as you say, allows them to hold on long enough that it becomes an eight 
billion pound asset, then you that's that they would probably be more likely to do that than sell it because why why would you get rid of something that's got a value? Yeah, I think there's that, but I think there's also this, and this is where the all these sorts of arguments come together, coalesces one. At some point, the way the media is done is going to change, and when it does change, it will be in Liverpool's interests, yeah. one way or another. And um, without rehearsing a Super League conversation, it's really funny. I saw someone who's perfectly intelligent, so I'm not going to name them, tweet about the Real Madrid game last night against Real Vallecano. That's the sort of reason why you don't want a Super League. It, what that discussion's always done is it's forgotten that the Super League conversation was about replacing UEFA, not replacing yeah. the Premier League, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. slash La Liga. Now, I actually think that the way the direction of travel, that court case is going, in um, on the Super League stuff with UEFA, the thing it clears the pathway for is the idea of getting rid of national federations as much as the idea of getting rid of UEFA. And I think we're probably three years away from a pan Italian, Spanish, and Portuguese league to act in opposition to the Premier League to say you know to, to be able to be as much of a media player. But then there's still a UEFA style competition that sits in the middle. That's my genuine sort of feel around that. But for that to all sort of take place, lots of things do need to change. So there is the idea of if you want to maximise Liverpool's value over the next 15 years, you need to keep Liverpool at the top so that when the media thing does change, that's when your quid's in. That's when everyone cashes out. Possibly be, be you are able to get a meaningful return on investment year in, year out at that point. But now it could be that Fenway Sports Group are looking at it going, yeah, but that could be a long five years with no certainty. Yeah, Do we want a long five years with no certainty? And I think that's, in amongst all of this, this is the... These are the moving parts, and they're making a decision based on these moving parts. And the reality is, in the meantime, we're going to go and watch Derby County tomorrow night. Yeah. We're going to be at the Southampton game. We want Liverpool to remain as competitive as is humanly possible because there's a fighting chance that in February we're all sat here and David Ornstein's saying Liverpool no longer for sale. Yeah, the offer never came in, and you know what? It's back to business as usual. And Fenway Sports Group are briefing. Well, there's a plan, and this is the plan, and this is how we're going to go. And that forward. was, and that was the interesting point at the end of it about remaining committed. And actually, I, I saw Ornstein's interview on on Talk Sports, and he was like, he, he doubled down on that like final sentence to say it. That's absolutely the case. They are absolutely committed to you know to to making sure that Liverpool is still successful and blah blah blah. And again, which goes back to my point, because there's no value in them to devalue Liverpool. Exactly that, and I think that that's the key thing to remember at this point. What they don't want the thing they don't want more than anything let's say Liverpool is now hypothetically worth 4 billion you can do the thing where you say things are only worth what people are prepared to pay for them but let's just say hypothetically Liverpool are worth 4 billion you can have a situation here I think where ultimately they decide to keep the status quo for the next couple of years what they need is for Liverpool after that couple of years to be worth at least 4 billion if not 5 billion because if not well we've made a mess of this and we've done the wrong thing so I think that that's an important point around all of this that there's no there's no mileage in any way shape or form for Fenway in the asset becoming becoming less valuable it's the one thing that's crystal clear and all the way through all the ownership conversations all the ownership arguments all the all the bullshit on on social all the people who view football as this which, by the way, is a per- what I'm about to say is a perfectly valid way to view football because we're not all lucky enough to go to games. I'll say what I always say. There's only 3,000 away games. Let's remember that in terms of we can turn up. There's only 55,000 at Anfield. So let's not pour scorn on people who don't have the same lived experience that we're lucky enough to mm-hmm. have at times. But there is a, a, a solid chunk of football supporters in general and Liverpool supporters for whom the transfers and the ins and outs matter. Yeah. The soap opera matters. And mm-hmm. then you get to see part of the soap opera is then what you watch through a screen that plays out on yeah, a pitch. Actually, it's, it's the, it's the Wrestling thing of like yep. you're more interested in the things that go on outside of the ring when you tend some people are like oh well, well that's 
it's a bit boring the stuff that happens happens once it all kicks off you want the story you want to think the transfers are a huge part the pageantry around it is the, is the biggest part and just to follow on from something Neil was saying then there's short medium and long term plans for every single business now the short term plans are shit is the meant to be <laughs> oh god are not going to I've be I've been reading effective. a lot of stuff at the minute 18, 180 days is the most you meant to plan ahead post COVID don't worry boys Shut but up. FSG won't be thinking like that and, no. and they can't possibly no. so that, of course they're going to be committed because the plans are already in place for the future of this football club they, they are not going to go, the, the club's up for sale. Just f- put that folder away for January transfer window. There is literally no point. Yeah. We're not going to open that Mike Gordon's not got his feet up in his office no. playing Tetris. No. Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, might We do. might do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but it's true, isn't it? You know, and that's that's the thing. We we, we do oversimplify, I think, and we find that nothing has exacerbated this more than imagine COVID and the world we live in now of boiling things down to the simplest possible thing to make it to try and make it understandable sometimes things have got a lot more a lot more moving parts to them um, right we're going to pick up in part two we're kind of more on the what happens next and how we're feeling all about it and a bit of reference to us you know what we've kind of all been through because I know there's a lot of Liverpool fans who weren't Liverpool fans 12 years ago or whatever years, I know it's mad isn't it um, and don't really know what it was that Liverpool kind of went through in that spell so we'll have a little bit of a chat around that and again prepare prepare ourselves as best as possible for what's going to happen in the coming weeks and months uh, but in the meantime yeah we've got our sponsor Who Knows Wins and here's Chris and Steve Chris and Steve <laughs> Hey everyone it's time for the Who Knows Wins update this week Steve and Chris so about what happened last week for us lot Spoiler alert, wasn't great. And then have a little look ahead to what's ahead on this week in terms of who knows wins. So yeah, Chris, um, we, we entered in two leagues this week. Do you want to... Um, I was the best of a bad bunch, I feel. Yeah, I, I'd say that's fair. So yeah, just a very, very quick one just to let you know, as you can see on the screen there. This was in the pick 10 league. So Chris got four right. Me and Chris, sorry, me and Paul only got three right. It didn't win any money. Congratulations to um, Coffee Denise 20 who bagged three grand for getting eight right. So even though Coffee Denise got two answers incorrect on mo- on any other bet, accumulates that kind of stuff. Zilcho, zero, nada. Eight out of ten was good enough because idiots like me and Chris were playing to win <laughs> to win three grand. So congratulations there. We also played in the specific Liverpool versus Tottenham, or rather Tottenham versus Liverpool game, and again didn't go particularly great for us. Um, Once again, I was best of a bad bunch. Joint best with me this time. We, I mean, I I managed to enter my team. Me up. and you both got four points. Uh, Paul only got three, and then. Uh, Congratulations to, th- to Fleet Kroll. You got nine out of ten and won a grand as well. Obviously, as we come up towards, the, well, I say the end of the season. I keep saying the end of the season, not the end of the season. It's this little mini winter break. Liverpool have got some bare, some games to play already. So we've got the Derby County game, um, which will be coming up very, very shortly, as, as when you're watching this. We've also got Southampton at the weekend. So, yeah, we're going to be doing um, who knows wins leagues on both of those specific games. So, yeah, get yourselves involved. Got some of the categories here very, very quickly, the kind of things that you'll be looking at. So, in terms of Derby, again, it'll be at the half time and full time resolve, both teams to score, etc. That's the same for the Southampton game as well. So, I mean, how we're going to even select it? I feel like I'm going to turn a corner this week. I feel like this week I'm going to get money. One of the questions is Nunes to score on the LFC versus Derby County one. I'm going to pick no. Yeah, I don't think he's going to play. So I don't think he's going to be on the pitch. But so, no, no, look, he'll end up coming on and scoring after course. And so that's where that one is. And then also, and I'll bring this one up on the screen very, very quickly for everyone at home. If you scroll down on the homepage to the pick 10 league, there it is right now. We'll also be picking this weekend's results from across uh, from across Europe. These games are so we've got. 
City, Brentford, St. Mirren versus Rangers. Jackson, loads of people got done by Rangers yeah. losing. Yeah, St. Johnson beat them, didn't yeah, they? Yeah. I mean, I had Rangers. Everyone did. I think that's what that was one of the reasons why ten, it didn't take 10 to win. Uh, yes, they got Bournemouth, Everton, Cardiff, Sheffield United, the Reds against Southampton, Forest, Palace. Your Spurs, Leeds, West Ham, Leicester, Newcastle, Chelsea, Wolves, Arsenal. So yeah, so Europe, it was all well, British fixtures yeah. there, technically. <laughs> yeah, it was there or thereabouts. And uh, yeah, just to just show you what, what one of the um, the games looks like in terms of the game of the day, Liverpool versus Derby is there for you guys now. And like I say, you've got your full-time, your both teams to score, you're over two and a half. First half results as well. Over on the corners and the cards and that kind of stuff. And of course, like the last one is, will Darwin Nunes score? I'm going to be picking no for that one. So if you want to get yourselves involved with Who Knows Wins, it's very, 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 very simple. If you're watching this on the podcast, there's the QR code right there. You can just scan that on your phone. It takes you right to our page and you can get yourselves involved. If you're listening, just go to redmen.whoknowswins.com com and again get yourselves involved of course UK only gamble responsibly over 18s all that kind of stuff if gambling isn't for you that's absolutely sound don't get involved if it is involved and it is for you and you want to try and beat clowns like us who aren't I don't think we're having great success on who knows wins this year I felt last year went better for us I think this year the unpredictability of the Premier League is not helping us and us being a bit rubbish has not helped either and Liverpool being a bit rubbish because we backed the boys all the time um Maybe that was what working again. So, but listen, we backed them this weekend, and we still only ended up getting four right. So maybe it's not. Maybe it's just something to do with us, Chris. What do you think? I think it's a bit of both. We're not very good at it, and Liverpool aren't very good, and we are kind of deluded fans. I think, but that's okay. That's the type of fan I want to be. Yeah. I'd rather be a supporter. I'd rather be going and backing my side to win things. I would. I'm not one of those people who feels good about winning money when Liverpool lose. I'd rather win money when Liverpool win. Yeah. So fingers crossed if Liverpool can start winning some footy matches starting this week. Like I say, if you can get past Derby and Southampton, I've got a feeling they are going to win both of those games, and I'm going to go heavy on the, the overs for Liverpool. I'm going to have them to win both halves, win the full time. I'm going to go no on the all both teams to score that. I think on both of those games I really fancy the Reds although anybody could be the Southampton manager they could have hired fucking Pochettino and Rafa Benitez combination or something and they come and dog a 1-0 but we'll find out when we get to that one but yeah Chris thanks very much for joining us thanks all you guys for getting involved like I say if you want to get involved redmen.whoknowswins.com the link's in the description there's the QR code get yourselves involved and yeah let's get back to the podcast yes welcome back welcome back yeah we're still chatting Liverpool ownership situations because again poor old Bobby Firmino I'd love to give him more time and attention the poor bastard missing out on his final World Cup um, more than likely then again who knows he's eternal isn't he it's Brazil it's Brazil yeah yeah. I mean Danny Alves is in the squad just to make that just to, just to reiterate that point um, but yeah thanks to everyone who's, who's obviously interacted with us so far in the comments and all that kind of stuff obviously real sort of mixed sentiments and it's hard to, to kind of kind of pick a lot of it out between people just saying the obvious things that they say online and people having genuine thoughts and opinions on it. I kind of want to get first before we kick on how, how we're feeling about it because you know, I've just got a real feeling of low-level anxiety around this whole thing. And, you know, I tried to explain on Twitter last night, which I know is always a bit of a hand to nothing, but, you know, we, we launched Red Men in the summer of 2010. You know, we originally pitched it. Rafa was still boss when we originally pitched it the year before to Liverpool. We then put it live on YouTube during the during the World Cup 2010, and I think the first tweet off the Redmen account was like, "I can't believe they've sacked Rafa," you know. And then we, so the Hicks and Jenner stuff was already well was well reaching ahead by by that point, and we were covering protests outside the grounds, you know, the spirit of Shankly did the, Hall. They did the thing on St, on the steps of St George's Hall and all that kind of stuff. That's not to say that this is exactly what's going to happen again, because you might get good, you might get owners that you're absolutely sound with. 
but that my problem is the cautionary tale of what we've been through before. David Moore's reaching a point with the club where he felt he didn't have the money to to compete with in a, in a Chelsea. Premier League, when a Man United dominated Premier League, and having to go out and find somebody who had that more more cash reserves or whatever, it feels so familiar when all I'm seeing in the comments here is FSG is so tight and they can't afford to, to bank bankroll Liverpool and blah blah blah. I think that that's I. So there's always been, for tons and tons of reasons, in terms of the sort of the maturation of Liverpool's online conversation. To be honest with you, has always been. But we are around 07 to, 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 to 2010. You know, there's this idea that that I think some people, I think there's been a genuine sort of feeling that for anyone of a variety of reasons where the current ownership is concerned as though there should have been protests about X, Y, or Z. A lot of it does come back to transfer spend, but it's not. I don't want to be quite as reductive as that and say that it, it all comes down to that. People who were part of that knew how hard that was, you know, from 2007 onwards, doing the stuff I was doing back then with Spirit of Shankly. Were you the chair? At the, at the I, was, I was, I was media vice chair, chair, and then, and then, and then stepped away. Uh, it was, it was a very heady eight months, and it was no fun whatsoever. Like it, it, it turned your life upside down. It was practically impossible. Um, and you you were just having rows, constantly having rows. The football club was basically one massive argument. You go to the match and you'd have murder. Like, I never enjoyed, in comparison, I've always written, you know, the 0809 title season versus title charge season versus the 13-14 title charge season. Like, if I could relive one, I'd relive 13-14 all day. 0809 was absolutely brutal, genuinely brutal in ways that people have just sort of forgotten. The day we went to Real Madrid and won the away leg 1-0, there was a massive city-wide rumour that they'd sack Rafa. That everyone who was part of it and active and supporting the club at that point, genuinely, people thought they'd sack Rafa that day because it was just everywhere. And, and it's a really weird thing back then to sort of think about now. But it was it was what it was like. You you're waking up in anxiety in the night for the manager because because of the way in which he was being treated. Well, we played them. We, we, there was the, remember the Clint, the Clinton rumours, and yeah. there was there was a protest of thousands of people out of marched on Anfield ahead of one of the Champions the League Rafa-tola. games. Yeah. It was the nice the Rafatola, and it was absolutely wild. And all of this stuff was mad, and it wasn't good, and it wasn't fun and as I say it literally sort of sh- shook lives upside down it changed my life ultimately in the long term from a positive point of view it has had knock-on effects to a lot of other people some of whom some of whom it will also be negative you know there's not it's not one straightforward thing but all the way through one of the things has been you don't want to go back there no one wants to go back there who was there no one wants to go back there it wasn't let's let's do this to watch the world burn because when you were part of that it was unbelievably hard work and it wasn't as though the fans spoke with one voice. Let's be crystal clear. Mm-hmm. Quite the opposite at times because a lot well, there of people. Were multiple groups. So yeah. there was there was obviously Spurs Shankly, but there was Help Save LFC. We were quite close with the yeah. time. There was the Black Share <laughs> protests. There was all but, that but, kind of stuff. but that that you all you frame there is the people who want to change. Yeah. The majority of supporters didn't. Yeah. Until it became crystal clear how awful the situation was. At which point they were like, "Oh yeah, it was like that all along." I remember doing marches around the ground with SOS, being clapped on by people who were in pubs. Going, why aren't you on the march? If you yeah. if you're going to clap, why aren't yeah. and you'd, you again you'd have a row all of a sudden. What are you doing? Get out! And all of this stuff was really was just really really hard, and you just don't want to go back there under any circumstances. To be honest with you, and I so I understand the idea of a low level of anxiety, and I think that that again is it's it, we're literally talking about it, about different people's lived experiences. When you've lived that, when you've gone to a ground and you want, I always say it, you know, when you've gone to a ground and you do not want that ownership to be in charge of that football club to the point that you are part of a protest against them. That's a deeply unpleasant way to support a football club. Yeah. And you do you do not want to reach that point if you can avoid it. 
And the idea of a change in ownership, which could bring that about, is obviously going to be concerning to the people who went through that the first time around. And in amongst all of that as well, there's now actually, you know, in amongst the shadow board that's been pulled together by the club in the aftermath of the Super League, there is now sort of levers in place. The articles of association have changed for Liverpool. That board has to exist uh, without they'd have to, any new ownership would have to change the articles again to get rid of them, at which point you'd be dealing with protests, you'd be dealing with kickoffs. But someone might just come in, some absolute... My head case might just come in and decide day one. Yeah, I don't care. Yeah, yeah. I'll I, rip them up. It's fine. And then from there, within the situation where we're all whipped up, day one, day ten, day one hundred. If they don't like what they're hearing, and that's the that's the uncertainty, and that's why I think there is some some low level anxiety for for some people around it. For other people, again, and everyone's got different experiences. It might just be yeah, but I'm just prepared to see it all be massively different. And if that person comes in and hugely irritates a lot of the match going supporter base, but simultaneously puts in 500 million a year on transfers and wages, well, I'll back that person. And then you've got a situation where you've got a schism in the fan base that's absolutely enormous. Man United, yeah, which examples like that do exist, you know, and and. All of this is, it is difficult and it is likely to be to, to be fraught if there is going to be a really significant change. We just don't know what that is yet. I'd ask you to try not to be anxious, Paul, solely because the future is unknown and it is unwritten. Um, you know, and, and that might add to the anxiety, but it shouldn't do. We can only deal with what's in front of us yeah. as much as humanly possible. And anyone else listening to this, we've got to try to sort of just stay in the mental space of we deal with what's in front of us. But we've been there before in the bad place and no one wants to go back to the bad place. How are you feeling, Chris? Well, I, I feel a little bit scared about what the future holds, to be honest with you. A little bit of trepidation in there. You know, there's a, a tinge of excitement as well about us, you know, potentially. Um, being better than we are. What I find most interesting is actually probably who you would describe as overgeneralisation, so apologies, no offence meant here. Um, the people who are quite negative about the football club seem to be the people who want FSG out. The people who are quite positive about the football club have never really been FSG in, but have been positive with what's going on on the team, with the Ian Klopp and, and where the, the direction of the club is going. It's actually a flip reversal now. The people who were negative are really positive about the future, and the people who are positive are actually more negative about what the future holds and I find that quite a just a, quite an interesting yeah, thing where everybody's flipped and it's just an interesting thing as, as humans it's something that you, when you get what you want you are more positive when you don't quite understand where you are which I think I'll talk for myself I don't necessarily want FSG in charge but I don't necessarily want them not in charge at the same time they've always existed in a grey area for me because I can see the positives and the it, negatives of it, what they've done at it, the football I club. try nearly praises like I don't give a fuck who Liverpool's owners are but when I realise like, no I mean what I mean is when I'm talking about FSG is I don't really care who they are I just care about how the football clubs run I really just want to I do just want to care about well, the football so, team. So I, what I want, what? so I, I don't, I, you know, I've got my list of what I don't want. I don't want to be run by fascists. I don't want to be run by a state. I don't want to be run by an attention-seeking bellend. Um, I've got what I do want to be run by, people who care about the the well-being of the club on and off the pitch, people who will hire the best possible people at all levels of the club, right the way down to what you could view as the very bottom of the club, get the, the, people, the right people in place all the way through. That's what you want, and you can sort of go through this list. But there's also something else that I don't want and I've never wanted. I don't want an owner's name on a banner. I think that yeah. the stuff that you've seen at other clubs you know, Chelsea, Manchester City, it's yes. downright embarrassing. Yeah. And ultimately, owners don't win football trophies, footballers do. And I do not want to, firstly, I don't want to see, you know, 
if Fenway Sports Group, who've been you know in charge of Liverpool f- over this period, where you can you can look at a number of things and think that they've done pretty well. Simultaneously, I'm not going to be crying any tears, nor am I going to be going on television going for but you know goodbye England's rose. I'm not going to be doing any of that nonsense <laughs> yeah, because yeah, ultimately yeah, they're yeah. just some rich people who've owned the football club. Fucking done a, exactly. And done a good yeah, jo- yeah. And done done in some ways a pretty good job of it over an extended period. Got other bits and pieces wrong, but you've got your lines where there's just things I just don't want to be owned by. The stuff I don't want to be associated with. The stuff that I don't want to cheer on but also what I don't want to cheer on genuinely I do not want to cheer on an ownership yeah and the the, the formulation and sorry, just sorry to jump in but that's that's I think what you found is this do you remember John Stewart famously went on like um, Fox with his, his equivalent over there and the guy talked about being there being a left-wing agenda and, and John Stewart was like there's no such thing as a left-wing agenda there is now but back then there wasn't and he said you presume that because you've got a right-wing agenda that there must be a left-wing and that's where this FSGL thing has come from there's people who don't want them to be owners and they presume that their form must be the equal and opposite in, in in a position. So if you don't want out, you therefore must be in. And that's and you were kind of alluding to this, Chris. It's not, it's, pro, it's, it's by and large not the case. It's just a bunch of fellas putting money into the club. People who think about the ownership all the time and will talk to me as they're thinking about the ownership all the time are presuming I'm thinking about the ownership all the time yes. but in a positive way and I genuinely never want to think about who Liverpool's owners are yeah. ever I never ever ever in an ideal world would never want to think about or talk about Liverpool's owners I would like them ultimately to be robotic drones <laughs> who just go about their business and are meant to and, 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 and therefore in a couple of ways like the fact that you know John Henry does actually come over at times like a robotic drone <laughs> uh, you know is, is no bad thing as far as I'm concerned I don't want a personality I I never want to see Thaxon, genuinely Saxon Shinawatra. I never want to see a thank you Roman equivalent. I never, you know, you just look at what's around City's grounds about who owns them and, and the impact they're meant to have had and the idea that the, the support are meant to say thank you. I do not want to thank anyone who owns Liverpool ever for anything in any way, shape, or form. I never want to thank any of them. Yeah. Um, I don't want to thank them when they, you know, and again, this can get take a particularly dark turn, but. There was a mini outpouring around David Moores recently. I just kept my mouth shut. I, th- I think I'm right in saying because my point about this is, yeah, like, lad, you had a job here on Liverpool for a bit. You did all right, and I don't want to seem really reductive there. But the most I ever want to say to anyone, anyway, broadly, is well in because we're all just trying to do something. Yeah. But ultimately, I do not want to thank the billionaires, any of them. So you know, bring me some new ones. I'm not going to want to thank them either. John Henry, you know, Tom Werner, Mike Gordon, whoever you want. I don't want to thank you. You've you've come in, you've done a job. If they sell Liverpool and make ten times the money that they made, there's your fucking thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the best boys, you got what you wanted, and yeah. we all move on. And that's 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 my position, and that's that is genuinely what I don't want. I don't want. I don't want even the sense for a second that that's what we're meant, even meant to be doing that either. So I don't have to protest on the one hand, and I don't want to be having to, you know, to paraphrase Roy Hodgson. I don't want a bunch of Liverpool fans in fucking shake outfits celebrating outside the fucking cop. And my head would explode. And and that's it. But what I want is I want a football side to support, and I want a side that is filled with players that I actually really respect. You know, it's filled with personalities of people who do good things off the football pitch with the money that they're making, who clearly take big things and what's important to fans like Jordan Henderson and the lads did in Rome away and had that Sean Cox flag that is something that's stuck with me since there is one of the best things I've seen on a football pitch from any group of lads across any fucking sport because there's an understanding of what the fan base needs in that exact time that's what I want from my football club and I was asked a question yesterday off camera of would you rather have someone with unlimited funds but you're guaranteed success or you know their own your own properly in your eighth and I think the 
the, the, it took me a little second or two to think about it, but as long as my football club's my football club, and I've most of my life Liverpool have finished between eighth and f- third in the Premier League, and it's not something that I particularly want to go back to see, and I want the opportunity of winning those trophies, but we've been a really lucky fan base. We have sustained trophies throughout our barren periods, not the one that we wanted, of course, but I would still support my Liverpool team. The ownership questions whether I support my, my football team, it's- because the wrong owners means I morally and, and as a principled person or as a person I like to believe I am principled yeah. I've got a really big question to ask and that's where it's, the fear comes from it's for me. just got that thing and it, again not to boil it down too simply but it's like do you want to be married to a, 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 a superstar supermodel who's just absolutely incredible and looks great on Instagram but is vapid and hates you and you have a really horrible cold life or do you want someone who's like who's homely and looks after you and cares for you the truth the truth lies actually somewhere in somewhere in, you want the whole thing don't you you want the per, you want the perfect package and it exists but unfortunately when it comes to football stuff the, you know you said before I was like, there's, no, there's no good billionaires there's I was no... asked yesterday Paul who's your ideal owner well it's someone who's the top 10 richest people in the world who's done it the right way alright so I've just ruled them all out so apologies <laughs> there um, that happened to be a Liverpool fan from age 3 yeah. or they came to it from age 20 and has so much money that it is just a vanity project that, that fucking, they want to make their football Super team League. the best in the world it probably isn't going to happen yeah. but that's my dream the Super League stuff was like the fucking le- League of evil fucking meeting wasn't it you know what I mean it was like all of the super villains of the world getting together and it's like well why are you a super villain oh well you know I created a death ray that destroyed all these kind of people oh well I once shot a big hole in the moon you know and, and they're, all, they're all fucking evil but they've all come at it from different ways and they've all decided to get together as a big club and so when you saw like John Emery and all having, having dinner when it, when it was obviously like the, the, the genesis of where the super league kind of thing kind of came from you're like oh god you know they're all coming at it from different angles but they're all they're all Broadly balanced in their own way, but it goes back to your thing of look at like look at fucking Cardiff. You know what I mean? You could get or what was happening in a hull when you got people who come in yeah. and be like, just, just change the colour of the kit. Why? Because I because I because I want to because I I fancy doing it. Like you mean that's terrifying and it, it shouldn't. And it, I thought Andy Heaton actually put a good string of tweets out. Um, Last night, and he's always a good follow because he's, he's an argumentative gentleman, and he, he generally, generally yeah, it's a, it's a rare good string of tweets. All right, but, he, but, he, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he spelled it out quite nicely. And it's my general take on this whole sports washing thing is I don't see a sports washing entity buying Liverpool because I'm not sure you can do it at that level. And I remember I thought this about Chelsea as well at the time is that you're gonna you're more likely to get people who who just see it in terms of a, a money making exercise rather than trying to cover up an entire regime because we're just we're just pains in the ass and we we shine a light on too many things. I think anyway for someone like for it works at Newcastle and it works at City because you've got these like it's like fucking liberators coming in and freeing your well, town that's... and promising you all these goodies. Whereas we'd be like, nah, you're all right, stick them up your ass. We'll we'll we'll, we'll keep what we've got. The liberator thing I think is really important. Like I've. The, the, the area on the Newcastle conversation where I've got such enormous sympathy is whilst I don't think Saudi Arabia should be allowed to own a football club nor do I think Mike Ashley should be <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah, you yeah. know you could end up you know that's that's a perfectly valid position I think to and again literally you can have an extended conversation about who should or shouldn't own our football clubs you mentioned before about the way in which American sports are on all the best being an overseas investor and getting involved in American sports the way in which that system works and it's yet not, it's not going to happen and yet it's open season over here and we've decided that, that well when I say we no one invited any of us or most supporters into the room mm-hmm. but it's been decided that that's absolutely fine and you can fill your boots broadly with it's not called the fit and proper person test anymore they've renamed it but it's still not worth the paper it's written on 
So all of that's, you know, a difficult and a complex thing in amongst there. And I think Andy's argument is that because Liverpool will always be bigger than the thing that to an extent is trying to be sports washed in this arena I hasten to add it's not you know countries are bigger than football clubs but in this arena it will always be Liverpool first and foremost and then you've got the element of the way in which some Liverpool supporters may react to that sort of thing complex makes it even more complex one more time then you end up in this sort of all right what is the what would what's the upside and you know, unless it really is a truly benign dictatorship of some description, it's hard to see where that upside is. Yeah, and For, when you've got Liverpool, because the moment have, you know you've got the, the city one stuff. thing that we're not considering. Sorry to interrupt, Paul. The one thing we're not considering here is if it's your neighbours who you fucking hate who've got a big fucking shiny toy and you just want a bigger one. Yeah, that's that, also that, true. That, that's that, a fair that point. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, true, true, true. The, the thing we got with ours though is that you know, look at the man again. Just to, to look at the Man City stuff, you've got like the football leaks and you've got all the things that go around. You've got journalists diving into things, but Man City fans have turned a blind eye to it. You know, largely, not, not exclusively, but but largely. And there were some Newcastle protests the other week, but where's the publicity around that? Where's the size of that? Where's that? Doesn't look like there's a broad appetite for it. And of course, Liverpool have got this huge global fan base now, and there will be just hundreds of thousands of Liverpool fans won't give a fuck if Liverpool are buying Jude Bellingham and they're buying Mbappes and all that kind of stuff because that will, that will paper all over that but you will have large groups of Liverpool actively looking into every single that, deal that gets that, that's getting done that but also Liverpool are just a bigger story than Man City and Newcastle yeah. part of the reason why Man City the, the ownership of Man City are up the wall with Liverpool in general is because we're the story I mentioned 13-14 before the story of 13-14 wasn't who won the title that was Manchester City it was yeah. Liverpool because Liverpool are just a bigger story and a bigger draw so a lot of this stuff you're not going to get your your six months of honeymoon which allows you to lean where you need to lean and put pressure on where you need to put pressure on that for instance i i would argue newcastle broadly got with one or two very honorable exceptions you know you're not going to get that coming to liverpool from day one you're going to get the absolute microscope on everything from the supporters but also from a media who know that liverpool will get your clicks just get your clicks all day every day and also you'll get your hate clicks so if liverpool are in some way, shape, or form, Liverpool's ownership is deeply morally deficient. You'll get clicks from Manchester United supporters. You'll get clicks from Blues. You'll get clicks from all this set section of people who will want to say, "Yeah, the fucking scouts bastards." The way in which they've decided to take the moral high ground for many a year and look at them now, etc., yeah. etc. Et like we had a choice in the matter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but it wouldn't matter. But it would still be, it would yeah. pile and pile and pile and pile and pile. It'd be never ending. And I think that that's something to really bear in mind here is that whoever comes in next as an owner. That the scrutiny is there from day one from us, but also from a worldwide media who will be all over your every transgression. Yeah, all the best. Yeah, no, it's, it's true, and, I, and this is my thing about it. You mentioned it at the top, Neil. Prepare yourselves, brace yourselves for all the transfer-related PR coming in. So it's all going to be that's the forefront because that's the key to so many football fans' hearts. The winning the hearts and minds is telling them all the shiny new things they're going to get if and when this kind of thing goes through. And we're going to see, and also going to be so many racism accusations thrown around. I'm seeing it on Twitter already of as though as though questioning whether you know states that don't give women equal rights and literally, you know, you're not allowed, you're literally not allowed to be gay in, in, in certain countries as if it's, a, it's an issue to, to, to question those things. It should be a fucking massive, massive issue. It's not, it's not racism to question that, but you're going to see a ton of that throw, thrown around and that's all, you can already see it already, the toxicity around that kind of stuff. Again, it's pre, it's, pre-prepared ourselves for that because that's the, that we're dipping our toe into that already. And it's going to roll, and the point about this now is that so I was all the way through this, you know, 
there's going to be a lot of pe- a lot of journalists are going to decamp to the World Cup. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who, who cover football professionally are going to decamp to the World Cup, and the World Cup's going to happen. But there's going to be a lot of people who aren't going, and it's not like. You know, it's not like the Daily Mirror are going to furlough, furlough all the journalists who aren't going to the World Cup. They might encourage them to take a bit of time off, yeah. but everyone who covers domestic football is still going to be looking for things to write about. Transfers are going to be a big part of that, but now Liverpool are going to be in amongst all of this. You know, it is going to it is going to drive that sort of attention uh, in a couple of ways. You could argue it's it's good for for, for, for things like us, but I'd, I'd rather have the time off. I'd rather <laughs> have had a quiet like I was very committed to a quiet couple of weeks. I was committed to that sort of thing. I was committed to a bit of self care. <laughs> uh, so genuinely, if if uh, this is one of those times where genuinely, I wish I had the sort of relationship with Fenway Sports Group people sometimes say I did because I just basically give someone a bell and go, listen, can you just give me a timeline? I'm trying to book a holiday yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, around all of this, but that is the. That is the sort of going to be the difficult bit, I think, is that we're going to have to put up with the fact that that scrutiny is going to be present anyway before all the other stuff, um, you know, before the reality sort of hits. It is going to come. It's going to, you know, we're literally talking about it now. It's going to broil, and we're going to have to put up with it, and, and it is a bit of a shame because, because you again, and this is back to... In the same way, the thing I said before, like I don't want a state, I don't want a fascist, I don't want an attention-seeking bell end. This is now in the attention-seeking bell end area. Without sort of saying that that's what what Fenway have done, so I don't think it is. But you're now in this thing where I just don't want off the pitch stuff from Liverpool being in the headlines. I just don't enjoy it when that's the case. Mm, yeah. I don't want to have to go on Sky and be speculative about X or Y. I don't want someone saying to me as they're saying to you. So you know, rank rank these billionaires in order of desirability is not a conversation I, I ever no. want. I'd rather talk about sticking and give you to be with you again. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm there for it and we'll talk about Leonardo <laughs> another time but moving the conversation on slightly it's also like we've got a fella in charge who's so in tune with us I think you know in his philosophies as, as football fans and as people that actually that concerns me as well and that that you know, Jürgen Klopp in his position, should a regime come in that we're probably thinking we wouldn't like, where does Jürgen Klopp stand well, on this? Because it, it, just last week he was speaking about it in a press conference yeah. and the world burned for fucking hours after he had the goal to call out journalists and a regime that he didn't agree with and a World Cup and a time that he didn't agree with. Yeah. What the fuck would Jürgen Klopp do? The only side, side to this is that, because we've had this conversation a lot with... Alex Ferguson at Man United, who clearly decided to, to kind of throw Manchester United long term under the bus just to give himself that last a last couple of years of Ferrari was kind of taken in, I guess, by the, the money side of things or whatever, because he was not a wasn't and remains very quiet over the over the Manchester ownership situation. You'd like to think Klopp would have more, but there is a little point where you go. Do you want five years of just being bankrolled with anything to get whatever you want and you don't know where people's morals stand? He came stand, to us for that. a project, remember? Yeah. When he could have gone to Manchester United at the time or, or something it's as well. It's different though, isn't it? When you're in and you've got your house and you've got your fucking world. And we're, your we're talking about, it wasn't exactly that he hasn't been bankrolled either. He's had a lot of money yeah. to spend. Um, I just think he enjoys the coaching side of things a lot more than the transfer side of things. Okay. It's actually really interesting because I actually watch, I like the football more than the transfers. I like to see players improve and I want players to improve more than you can just replace them and get somebody signed who's maybe better and stuff so it's a difficult one and Jürgen I think would have a very strong strong how difficult I should say decision to make I think I think the difficult part of the bit that concerns me really and that I think if you know if, if things go in, a, in any direction of change Jürgen will feel first and foremost like he's got a responsibility to the football club then he'll feel like he's got a responsibility to his players but he does also have a responsibility to what sort of thing he wants to be associated with and that could lead him to make a couple of difficult decisions but it's more like for it, I mean, I'm in you know without being sarcastic about it. I'm pleased it's Derby 
on Wednesday because it's Pep Linders who's doing the next press conference. Yes. And Pep can just sort of go, listen, don't even, don't, you know, like, <laughs> not for me this one. You just you just crack on. Do you want to get slightly too much insight into the tactics we're going to be yeah. playing instead? Any chance yeah. we can use an interpreter today for me? Yeah. Uh, just pretend I don't speak English. But now be the full hit of, no, 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 but I'll tell you exactly how Calvin Ramsey's going to help us play out from the back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, And then yeah. he will and it'll be great. Uh, yeah. But I think that that'll help. But I think, you know, the manager's then going to have to do this one before Southampton. There's going to be an eagerness to get him on the record and to say where, something. Sorry, sorry yeah. Neil, this is where we need the owners to not throw the manager under the bus for once as, as is always the way you know we've seen Manchester yeah, City owners throw Pep Guardiola yeah. under the bus this is a problem yeah. you know because at some point owners need to stop throwing the managers and the players under the bus it's in much the same way that the journalists that Jürgen was complaining about last week throw the players under the bus and the manager Gareth Southgate going going over there rather than the people who made the decisions yeah, yeah. but he's, he's got to go to a press conference he's outspoken on these issues he has been he's going to be pressed on it he's going to have to have an answer I suspect his answer will be, I don't know, I've been told nothing at this point, but then what they'll try to do is is get him to, to, to commit to this is what I think about X or Y. And give him just, something to hang himself with down the line. And I just think, you know, there's a part of me that's just a bit like, yeah, but can he be bothered? Like, genuinely, because he, he just wants to coach his footballers and get a result against Southampton, and so he's going to have to have that, and we know he doesn't enjoy the press conferences, I think particularly anyway. Um, I don't think that's a controversial view, uh, and I can understand why, and that's not sort of disparaging any anyone who's involved in the whole thing it's the same people asking very similar questions in the same set and week after week and ultimately without it's, a mic and ultimately yeah without a mic and ultimately it's what Jürgen <laughs> makes of annoying. it yeah and ultimately it's what Jürgen makes of it in, the, in that in that period and you know I suspect he'll turn up on Friday and just be a bit like right let's just get this over with and it'll be as quick as possible but the point being is that post an ownership change the first conversation is going to be what do you think of the owners post you know any Controversy that comes out about them over a period of time. Jurgen's going to be the one who's going to be told you've got to deal with this. He's been very, and he's been very public in his support of the current ownership, which I always think felt, always felt massively at odds with how you, if you just dipped your toe into the the, the social media reaction to stuff, <laughs> always felt massively, you know, always felt massive, massively. Odd. We're going to do a bit about that. We're going to do podcast extra. We're going to do the FSG apologist special, which will follow this because I want to kind of talk to Neil about his experience of all of this because obviously we live in this bizarre little world um, from different, you know, doing very similar things in 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 in, in the space. Um, but my, my, my sort of final take on it, I guess, is, and I've said this a number of times, so you, apologies to Chris, you've heard this, me saying this for years now, but City have got, like, if you're playing Pontoon, City City are sat on 21 with them owners because they'll do they'll move heaven and earth to make sure that they stay at the top, they'll spend any amount of money and they'll find every little tiny loophole to make sure that everything works in their favour. I think we've got owners who are somewhere between an 18 and a 19, and to that point, you can twist... And you might land with another with the, with the perfect owner. You might land with the absolute perfect ownership group that's got everything they've got, but actually you don't have to worry about any questionable models behind them. Um, but having been through what we've been through, you're more obviously you're more likely to go bust, and it depends what you how prepared you are to take the gamble. So, and it will, we'll, you're right. We're going to forever be asked these questions. We've always had it. Like, would, what what would happen if? Until we know more info, I can't know how I'm going to feel in a, in a year's time or two years time, and I can't actually know. And it's about Jürgen. Like until someone throws a 500 million transfer budget at Jürgen, you actually he can't even know himself how he's going to react to that to that kind of situation. His desire to come out on top might absolutely override all of his models, and we might all have them issues. So I'm, I don't want to be one of those guys going. I'll walk away from Liverpool forever because. Such a significant part of my life, and always has been. I can't imagine a world where I don't follow the lads <laughs> in red, not going to Anfield and stuff. But until we see what happens, it's hard to know. 
how we, how the you know how, how we're gonna how we're gonna live with that really. Um, but yeah, anyway, shit. This. <laughs> like, you know, I just but I'm, I'm, I see other people dead excited. Dead excited. I just I'd love to be, I'd love to be super excited about it, but I just feel it's a bit. It feels like naivety to be totally like oh, but imagine all the players will sign because I just don't see how it comes. Scott, what you what do you have to give up to get? That, yeah, anyway. Um, thanks to everyone who's joined us live. Um, good to speak about a lot of these things again. I'm certain there'll be plenty more to talk about in the coming days, weeks, and months. Keep your thoughts coming in, in the comments. Uh, yeah, we're going to be doing podcast extra immediate after this, which is our uncensored podcast where we chat about life, politics, and all the shit that people shout at us for on the uh, public forums. I'm sure Neil will, will be very, very well versed in all that. Keep politics out of the podcast, Neil. Absolutely not. <laughs> Exactly. Um, so yeah, come over. Podcast to is politics. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Keep uh, yeah, head over to redmenplus.com and join us for podcast extra. It promises to be very good fun indeed, and we'll see you over there. Ta-da. Thanks for listening. If you want even more Bosch content and podcasts just like this, go over to redmenplus.com and sign up now. Hey, folks. I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.